Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, Health Renaissance people. Today, okay, today is kind of unusual. Now, there was a movie uh, called Vaxxed, uh, and this was a few years back. Now, Vaxxed uh, exposed some data that a research scientist for the CDC said that the CDC, think of this, the Center for Disease Control, actually hid data, hid actual data that showed beyond a shadow of a doubt that there was an increase in autism, a 400% increase. That's four times as many autistic kids as without, which is a very clinically significant, massively different finding, and that it's associated with the measles, mumps, and rubella shot. Now, uh, you might wonder, well, isn't the CDC or Center for Disease Control uh, part of uh, their job is to protect American citizens? They're a federal government agency. What, why would they do that? Why, why um, would they protect vaccines? Are vaccines some type of a different medical procedure? Is there what kind of politics are involved? What is the actual problem? that that if if the CDC is actually hiding this data why what what happened okay there's too many questions because vaccines are held at a near religious fervor where if you question vaccines in the medical literature you're labeled anti-vax and that's not true with any other scientific procedure any other scientific procedure or or process or protocol or question, science expands on questions. I mean, they learn stuff. You never say the science is settled. Uh, if you say the world is flat, is the science settled? Uh, <laughs> you know, if you say that that uh, you know all of the the challenges that we have, oh, why is this sanctified? Well, let's look at we're going this this half hour we're going to uncover the research and data that proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that vaccines are a causative factor and proves beyond a shadow of, of a doubt that the CDC and people that work at the CDC are completely in bed with the pharmaceutical industry. They're making money off of it. The Center for Disease Control, even though they're a federal government agency, they have over 50 vaccine and vaccine-related patents, and they make a tremendous amount of money on it. And there's a big... um, uh, exchange of people from the CDC to the pharmaceutical industry and back. And in fact, the committee that approves vaccines are intimately linked financially to the pharmaceutical industry. Now, what do we have for data that supports this? Well, we have the editor-in-chief of The Lancet, a European medical journal, Brilliant. Quote, a lot of published research is in fact unreliable at best, if not completely false. Um, He goes on to state, the case against science is straightforward. Much of the scientific literature, perhaps half, may be simply untrue. Afflicted by studies with small sample sizes, tiny effects, invalid exploratory analyses, flagrant conflicts of interest, together with an obsession for pursuing fashionable trends of dubious importance, science has taken a turn towards darkness. Let's look at the other side of the pond, or the New England Medical Journal. Dr. Marshall Angel, 
uh, quote, it's simply no longer possible to believe much of the clinical research that is published or to rely on judgments of trusted physicians or authoritative medical guidelines. I take no pleasure in this conclusion, which I have reached slowly and reluctantly over my two decades as editor of the New England Journal of Medicine. We also have Julie Gerberding. Now, this, she was director of the CDC from 2009, or 2002 to 2009. So in that seven-year stint, uh, she had the title of Chicken Little, where she was run around saying, the flu is coming, the flu is coming. See, in 2002, you could not inject a five-year-old with a flu shot, and you would, you would be arrested if you injected a pregnant person with a flu shot. And so not only at the end of her direction of the CDC uh, was there a near tripling of the number of vaccines, but the forced vaccination was started. And this is forced vaccinated for vaccination for medical professionals. And with all of this massive increase in vaccines or vaccine utilization, now remember, vaccines are liability-free products since 1986. If the vaccines do damage, you cannot be sued if you're a vaccine manufacturer as long as they're on this, the schedule. So when she left the CDC after her tenure, the massive increase in vaccine uses and utilizations and forced vaccines, she was um, put in as president of Merck's vaccine division a $5 billion a year operation and the largest supplier of vaccines to the CDC. Do you see a, an in-bed relationship there? Now, Julie, Julie Gerberding uh, sold 38,000 of her shares in Merck stock for $2.3 million. Don't worry about her. She still holds at least $2 million more million worth of stock. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Now, this is off of lawfirms.com site. And they say patents owned by the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices and other CDC members. In total, 56 individual patents were found owned by one or shared by one or more of the members of the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices and other committees within the CDC, over 56 individual patents. Now, uh, get this. The Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices says that, yes, they do have, um, they do have a, f a financial relationship with the uh, vaccine manufacturers. However, it never affects their decision. Okay. Let's let's just look at the rotavirus. Okay, let's go way back to 1999. Uh, now it was pulled from the market after only being used for just one year. Okay, uh, and in 2001, the House Government Reform Committee found out that four of the eight members that approved to vote for the vaccine had direct financial ties to one or more of the pharmaceutical companies who produced the vaccine for public use. Uh, we, when we look at it, it's just one on top of another. See, these, this vaccine industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. We're talking minimum of $30 billion a year in profit. $30 billion a year. In fact, each new vaccine is worth 
uh, at least a billion dollars a year. Now, we know the CDC, um, when you look back in the old days, for decades they've been saying 36,000 people a year die of the flu. Well, what does the British Medical Journal say? They say it's personal, it's um, PR, not science, that there's no way that 36,000 people a year could die from this. And you might think, well, don't they keep accurate records of who dies from the flu? Well, no, they don't. But who does? The American Lung Association. In fact, the Lung Association or LungUSA.org actually does keep track of who died from the flu. And it turns out around 1,200 people a year die from the flu. That means almost as many die from lightning strikes. So we know that they're inflating the numbers again to sell this. But let's get back into this. See, in 2004, there was a study that the William Thompson, who was a lead scientific researcher for the CDC, they were asked to destroy some of the documents, some of the data that they found during the study. The reason is, is because there was a 340% increase in autism from the MMR shot in African-American boys. So what they did, the CDC manipulated the data. Uh, now, this data, or the William Thompson, uh, spoke to Brian Hooker and gave him over 10,000 pages of documents that were supposed to have been destroyed. Now, these documents proved that there was a 340% increase in autism from the MMR vaccine. Now, this is the same MMR vaccine that Dr. Andrew Wakefield found out in 1998 would cause bowel disorders, and Dr. Wakefield was concerned that the bowel disorders was leading to the brain damage of autism. Of course, the fact that he even mentioned vaccines and, and bowel disorder, that it could lead to neurologic damage, uh, they threw his license out, and even though the article was published, they removed it. Now, another doctor that was working with him had insurance for his license and recently got his license back, that there was no fraud in the study. There was no falsification of data in Dr. Wakefield's study. They pulled it for political reasons solely. Now, when you look at the Journal of the American Physicians and Surgeons, the winter edition, 2018, this article is on there by Dr. Brian Hooker. It was a reanalysis of the CDC's MMR autism data from the original DeStefano uh, et al. 2004 pediatrics paper. Now, this has been republished in the winter journal of winter edition of the 2018 Journal of the American Physicians and Surgeons. What they found um, an alarming increase: the rate of autism diagnoses. Okay. Uh, in the U.S. is 25% higher in black children. And boys are far more likely to receive this diagnosis than girls. Now, the increased rate of autism diagnosis in black male school children in Atlanta who received their first measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine before 36 months. So what are they looking at during the study? Ethnicity, sex, age, and timing of the vaccines. Doesn't that make sense? Now, they're not looking at the 72 doses of 17 different vaccines. They're just looking at one. And these kids, again, they're taking all the other shots, but they're finding that the age, sex, and race 
have a change in the outcome of the autistic diagnosis. In fact, a 340% increase. Now, the CDC deviated from its original data analysis plan because of the unwanted results. Now, the relationship loses its statistical significance, and this is what they did. They restricted the children with a Georgia, Georgia birth certificate, which decreased the entire sample size by 40%. What 40% was that? That was the 40% that had the increase in autism. And the autism diagnosis in children who received their first uh, MMR vaccine one year earlier, uh, or in children born in 1990 or later, there's, you got to figure, in 1990s, we had a doubling and tripling of the number of vaccines. So their thermosol exposure, even though the MMR doesn't have thermosol in it, their thermosol massively increased in the early 1990s. Now, the thermosol, which is mercury, which we know can cause neurologic damage, along with a number of the other adjuvants inside of the vaccines, these were not removed from most pediatric vaccines until 2004. Now, it's the, the thermosol is still in the flu shot that's recommended for children from six months on every year. And what they're finding out is the thermosol, which is a mercury-based preservative, uh, aluminum adjuvants are more toxic, and that's in uh, all of the childhood vaccines. Now, I encourage you to read the book by J.B. Handley, How to End Autism. There's also a, a peer-reviewed vaccine that I'm going to bring up uh, from 1950 to 2015 that talks about multiple peer-reviewed journals that link vaccines with autism and other neurologic damage. If you go to www.scribd.com, you're going to find over 157 research papers supporting vaccine autism causation. Now, also, you're looking at these papers that support gastrointestinal damage, immune system impairment, chronic infections, blood-brain barrier damage, oxidative stress. I mean, huge. What I want you to do is ask these questions to anybody that is a vaccine zealot, that is not um, looking at the real science. Why? Why, in 1986, did they pass a law absolving all the vaccine companies of liability? Why? Because they were going out of business because of the lawsuits. So they made it, it impossible to sue the companies. They didn't make the product safer. And in fact, in 1986, 23 doses of 17 vaccines was on the schedule. 23 doses of 17 different vac of seven vaccines. By 1997, so we're talking 10 years later, it went up to 33 doses of nine vaccines. So you're talking about almost a 50% increase. The, by 2016, it was at 69 doses of 16 different vaccines. By 2017, 72 doses of 17 different vaccines. So that's right. In 30 years, we went from 23 doses of seven vaccines to 72 doses of 17 different vaccines. No study is comparing the low number of vaccines with the high number of vaccines. Why? Well, that's the key, isn't it? The quality of your life depends on the quality of questions you ask. Why? 
was there such a huge increase in the number of vaccines after the liability was removed? Why was there no oversight reporting on the vaccine damage? Because we know our kids are sicker now than they were back then. We know right now that you're talking one in six children has a learning disability, one in nine has asthma, one in 10 has attention deficit disorder, one in 38 now develops autism, one in 400 has diabetes, 54% of the kids have a chronic illness or disease. Why was there no independent investigation of the more than tripling of the number of vaccines? That's right. Tripling of the vaccines. No one's investigating it. And if you even question it, you could lose your medical license. And what about the vaccine exemptions? Why have the vaccine exemptions like personal beliefs, religious and medical, um, ha- being contested and have been removed by certain state governments? And why are they now required or forced onto the public? Well, let's look back at the history. You've got the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, and it's a no-fault system for compensating vaccine injury-related deaths. Why? Because they were going out of business. The vaccine product at the time, and remember, at the time when they passed this, there were only 23 doses of six vaccines. Uh, or seven vaccines. So, with, they and it was so dangerous that these companies were being sued so much, they had to do something. Now, they set up also a vaccine adverse event reporting system at the same time. Now, it's called VAERS, or Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. And sure enough, Health and Human Services was supposed to monitor this system and submit a report to Congress every two years on the safety of the vaccines. Now, they're supposed to submit the report, and what happened? Okay, that submission of report has never been done. In, in 37 years, or 32 years, they have never once submitted uh, this uh document of looking at the number of vaccines or the vaccine damage. Now, I encourage you to go to the Children's Health Defense, and this is a site uh, run by uh, Robert Kennedy, and he is one of the most brilliant um, advocates and he was a part of the World Health Mercury Project, or World Mercury Project, looking at toxicities. But now he's on the side of investigating to make sure vaccines are safe and effective. And here's a challenge. The Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. Okay, now, the, the people that give the vaccines are supposed to be um, actually s- submitting a report if there is vaccine damage. However, uh, those reports are not really listed. Like when you look at, look at the first child vaccine cost. Uh, Health and Human Services first about the vaccine reporting system. They say between 2 and 10% of all injuries are reported. The cost per child vaccine went from $80 per child to over 3000 That's right. $80 in 86, they passed the non-liability law, now it's 3000 uh, And when we look at the damage, 
And just the, the statistical report for the fiscal year from 2015 to 2016, so I'm going back to when they had 54 vaccines, not the 72 doses of 17 different vaccines. But the total claims that were brought forth to the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, if they were um, paid out, it would have been uh, nearly $1 trillion. In fact, the courts registered in that one-year period uh, over $800,000 in judgments. Now, this was an increase, about a 40% increase from the year previous. Uh, so we know that back then, and we're just talking three years ago, there was a massive increase. I don't have the stats for 2017, but it's going to be something similar. Because you can imagine, if you're increasing a product that is toxic, you're going to increase the damage. Currently, from if you look at the infant mortality rates and the maternal mortality rates, they're higher than back in 1986. Why? Uh, well, a maternal mortality rate near the, nearly doubled between 1990 and 2013. Uh, and could it be because half of the nation's pregnant women, now 2 million women, were either vaccinated with the Tdap? or the influenza vaccine, or some of them received both vaccines? Could that be? Maybe, maybe not. There hasn't even been a pregnant animal study. Look, if you go back into the research, and go, I'm talking anti-cancer research, the journal, that's their journal, May 1999, they did a study, and this is, uh, was also published in the nationalinstanthealth.gov, PubMed, about cancer risk associated with a contaminated polio vaccine. And this was the vaccine that was given out between 1955 and 1961. They find out, found out that the monkey virus, the simian virus number 40, actually increases um, uh, multiple different types of cancers. We're talking bone cancers, mesotheliomas, osteogenic sarcomas, all of these, and we're talking 98 million people were exposed to that contaminated polio virus or vaccine. That means that if, think of this, it took 40 years to find out that the polio vaccine uh, was causing an increased cancer risk. And there are no studies, no safety studies looking at the 72 doses of 17 different vaccines. Uh, let's say we look at another journal article from 2011, Pace Environmental Law, Unanswered Questions. And this is a review of compensated cases of vaccine-induced brain injury. That's right. When we look at the compensated cases that the Vaccine Adverse Effect Reporting System and that the Vaccine Court Injury Compensation Program has paid out, 83 different cases of vaccine-induced brain damage, including autism, and none of this is going there. It, I mean, if you look at what is what the media and the medical system is presenting, and what the facts are, it's completely not not consistent with with reality. So we we need to take back our power. How do we do this? We have to petition Congress. You have to talk to the doctors. 
Vaccines must be held to standard randomized controlled trials. That means using a true inert placebo. The way vaccines typically are, are studied today is they'll use a group of vaccines plus an additional one compared to a group of vaccines minus an additional one. <clears throat> that is not a double-blind placebo-controlled trial. Okay, that is a person that is exposed to multiple vaccines. And in fact, the only vaccine study that I've ever seen was in 2008 at the University of Pittsburgh by Dr. Laurel Hewitson. And she injected a group of monkeys with the scaled-down doses for their body weight at the same schedule that we're requiring our children at that time. And I think there was only 54 shots that our children were getting, but they would inject the hepatitis B at 12 hours old of the, the small monkeys. And then at one month, two months, four months, six months, the standard dosage, 100%. And then they had a true saline-injected placebo control group. And they had all the injected monkeys, all of them developed antisocial behavior. They developed bowel disorders. They developed a number of different problems. Okay, in fact, they couldn't eat regular monkey chow. In fact, one of our patients was involved in the study because he actually got the vaccines for the study. Uh, now, why hasn't this study, because the study was published in the Journal of Neurology and then removed, it was taken off because if you can even, if you write down that you're linking vaccines and autism, that's a dangerous, um, it's dangerous for the market and it's dangerous for the companies involved in this. So we need to have long-term trials comparing vaccinated to unvaccinated. We can already do that with, with hard data from um, home schools and there are enough data points out there that you can do it, but it just has to be looked at. Um, and we have to put the product liability placed back on the manufacturer. That means if you produce a product that is dangerous, then you are responsible for it. Why? Because that's going to give you incentive to produce a safer product. And absolutely, personal choice um, should, it needs to be used with any medical procedure. That's right. You have to be able to decide whether your, um, what medical procedures are going to be done to your own body. And <laughs> what we have to change this. See, what's stopping this truth from coming out? Well, one, we have a litigious society. The medical doctors that are given the shots, the manufacturers that are promoting the shots, the Center for Disease Control that have multiple careers lined up that are tied to this financially and socially, uh, they're afraid for this truth to come out. And the typical, uh, what you hear is that it's for the greater good you know, yes, a few children have to be sacrificed, but to protect the whole. Then stop living in this delusional world. Let's go back. Are the kids healthier today or were they healthier in the 1970s? Do we have less incidence of disease and are our kids healthier, less incidence of cancer and brain damage, or were they healthier when they had less vaccines? So instead of vaccine zealots saying all the time, all the time, you got to get them, we need to change that. 
Now, careers are tied to the promotion of the vaccine schedule. Entire careers are. So we need to absolutely um, separate, and it's called independent review. People that do not have a financial tie, that do double-blind placebo-controlled trials, that do not put force a liability-free product on a population that can't say no. Okay, and realize this, the pharmaceutical industry funds the media. They fund the government. So this is not um, a small industry that doesn't have ties to the government or ties to the media. Uh, this is massive. Our population is getting sicker, and without oversight, uh, there is no end in sight. Okay, this has got to be changed. Now, we're going to have all the science, all the data, everything presented tonight. I encourage you to share this with others. We are losing an entire generation. We are losing our population. And this is from an ignorant, um, liability-free product that is forced on the public. And you've got to figure, the medical world, they are not taught about... Uh, how, met, how these work, there are no uh, data points that compare vaccine to unvaccinated. And we are finding out they are hiding the data. The only way to take back our health is to take charge of your own and put the liability on this product. Because if it's dangerous, they sh if they're putting a dangerous product and it's forced on the public, that is insane. Take back your rights. Take back the rights that are done to your own body and demand real, actual science. I mean real science. Oh, I just, I just wiped in. Uh, this is Dr. John Bergman, your health advocate, your advocate for science, your advocate for health. But God bless you. I love you because you are made in the image and likeness of God. Have faith in your immune system. Deal with the physical, chemical, emotional stress, and you'll thrive on this planet. God bless you. I love you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.